Welcome back to Run Jump Stomp, your thoughts on games. If you want to be part of the show, it's incredibly easy to do. Grab your phone and download the Anchor app. Once you've got it, do a search for Run Jump Stomp, favorite it by hitting the star, and then send a voice message using the voice message button. Remember to keep it short because it's going to cut you off after one minute. I'll get your messages, I'll play them on the show, and we'll talk about video games together. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get started. Hey, Run Jump Stomp. I picked up Resident Evil 2 Remastered for the PlayStation 4, and I have never played the original, so going into it, it was a completely new experience for me, and I finished it in under seven or eight hours or so. I was wondering, have you ever played a Resident Evil game before? Do you plan to pick up Resident Evil 2 Remastered? And what is your opinion of the games overall? Do you think that they should stick to their roots, which is exploration and puzzle solving with combat? Or do you think that they should stick more towards combat and less on the puzzle solving and exploration? Thanks. Oh, Resident Evil. I have played a Resident Evil game. I can't tell you which one, though. I can't remember which one it was, but I have a fun story to tell about Resident Evil. A long time ago, not so far away from here, I worked at a internet company. And the I, I worked at tech support. So when your internet wasn't working, you would angrily call me up and say, my internets were not working, you would complain. And this is back in the days of dial-up. So of course, <laughs> that meant that you, um, like I would tell you what to do, and then you'd have to hang up the phone and try to connect. And if it didn't work, then you had to call back and get back in line and wait <laughs> on hold for a while. It was not a fun job. I dealt with a lot of angry people. And my boss, uh, who was just awesome, I loved working for this guy, he wanted to know who wanted to work the night shift, the overnight shift. Uh, he looked at it as being disadvantageous because no one else would be there. You're there all by yourself, overnight, no one to talk to, and it would be pretty dull. And I said, um, yeah, I'll take that job. Uh, so I worked the overnight shift for a while and, and it was actually pretty great because I had a Sega Dreamcast at the time and, um, I had a wire. I can't remember what the hookups were for the Sega Dreamcast, but I had purchased a wire that would let me hook it up to a computer monitor. So I brought my Sega Dreamcast into work when I was working at night and I would play games there. Uh, because everybody was asleep and people weren't using the internet at three o'clock in the morning. So the call volume was pretty low. All I had to really do was check the servers every once in a while, make sure that I was there in case somebody called. And, uh, other than that, I could browse the internet and, uh, uh, play video games and whatever I really felt like. So that's what I did, and I, I had a Resident Evil game for the Dreamcast, and again, I can't remember which one, but I was playing it this one night. Now, I need to back up a little bit before we get back to Resident Evil. My my, I lived with my brother and his wife. We all had a, 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 an apartment together, and my brother's wife's brother also lived with us, 
and he worked at KFC and his shift would 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 end a, like a couple hours after my shift started and he would often get a bunch of KFC food and then he would come over to uh my where I was working uh, bring the KFC food upstairs and um he would come up and we would play video games and, and eat greasy chicken together. It was incredibly fun. And, um, he had gotten called into work that night and I didn't know this cause I was over at a friend's house before I went to work. So I went to work not knowing that my friend was going, that, that my, my, my brother's wife's brother was coming over. My buddy, uh, Bud is his name. So Bud was coming over and I was playing Resident Evil and I didn't know he was on his way. I'm just sitting there playing the game. And of course, it's a Resident Evil game. How do you play it? You play the game with the damn lights off and the music or the sound cranked up really loud because it's supposed to be scary. That's how you play a scary game. And I was playing that game and uh, I thought I heard something. So I paused the game. I just kind of sit there quietly for a little while. And I was like, what was that sound? And uh, this is back in the days when I was a drinker and a smoker. And uh, my boss's my boss had a little office off of the cubicle center where all of the uh, all of us lower people worked. And um, his his office had a window that led right out to the fire escape in the back of the building. This is where we usually came into the building rather than walk through all the offices and stuff. We would park out back and walk up the fire escape and then we would walk all the way around our office and then get into our office and we would always pass our boss's window on the way. But at night, when no one was around, if I wanted to have a cigarette, I would open the window and just climb out the window rather than trekking all the way through everything to get out to that to that uh, landing. And that's where we would stand when we were having cigarettes um, back in the day uh, out on the fire escape. So back to Resident Evil. I'm playing in a a particularly intense part of the game. And, you know, I've I've got the, the sound loud. I've got the lights down and my heart's racing and I'm having fun. I hear that sound that I mentioned before. And I I paused the game and I listened. I wasn't sure what it was. So I unpaused the game and played a little bit more. And then I thought I heard something else. I was like, what in the hell is that? So I paused the game and I get up and I walk into my boss's office. And it was a summer day. So I had the window open anyway to keep air flowing through the building. And... I stuck my head out the window at the exact same moment that my friend, my friend Bud, was coming right up the stairs. And he was right there in my face when I, when I stuck my head out the window. And it scared the hell out of me. And I screamed and he screamed and he dropped the chicken. And it was uh, like this, these weird metal, metal grated um, uh, stairs that didn't have a, like a back to them. So it was just like a step and then air and then a step and then air. And so the chicken all went flying and we were without chicken that night, but we both had a good scare. We both had a good scream 
And then uh, he came in and he watched me play Final or uh, Resident Evil for a little while. And then um, I got to a good save spot and I saved. And uh, then we we stopped and we moved over and played Marvel versus Capcom instead. But yes, have I played Resident Evil? Yes, I have. And I think that they are really cool games. I don't like like I've seen Resident Evil 7. And I don't like the gore. Like, gore in video games bothers me. I'm not a fan of gore. But I like to be scared. And I will sometimes tolerate the gross stuff in a video game in order to get that feeling of being scared because I think that's a fun feeling. So, do I plan on getting Resident Evil 2? That's a good question. I think I will. I'm not going to be doing it anytime soon because I've got a ridiculous amount of stuff to play right now. But I definitely want to play Resident Evil 2 uh, just because I've heard so many good things about it. And then your last question, what should they do? Puzzle solving versus combat. Um, I think that I like I like a combination of both. The combat, like the puzzle solving is fun, but the combat is when your heart gets racing. So they they have to f- hit a good balance. I don't want too much combat and I don't want too much puzzle solving. So hopefully like an equal balance. But anyway, thanks for the call. Does anybody out there have any good stories of scary video games and how it affected you in the real world in some way? I would love to hear those. Hey, Bill, it's James, a.k.a. Lego Law. I was calling to get your opinions on some of the classic systems that have been released. Nintendo released the NES Classic and the SNES Classic, and uh, and PlayStation released the PlayStation Classic, and, and obviously the Nintendo versions did much better. The PlayStation Classic started with an MSRP of $100, and now it's down to $40 uh, at Walmart right now, so they clearly did not get the return on investment they wanted. So I was wondering what you thought about the potential success of other classic consoles and what factors would make them successful. Would it just be game selection or uh, price or uh, graphics type? Uh, I'd like your thoughts. Thanks. So there's a lot of reasons why the Nintendo classic systems have done so much better than the PlayStation Classic systems. And I think I think some of them are definitely PlayStation's fault or Sony's fault. And others are completely outside of their control. One of the let, let's start with the things that that Sony kind of screwed up with the PlayStation cra- uh graphics. Um classic. There we go. I couldn't I couldn't talk there for a second. Um I don't think price is really an issue. I mean, they they priced it I think it was 120 at first, which I do think is a little high considering the game that it only came with 20 games, but it also came with two USB controllers. These are not controllers that can only be used on this system like the Nintendo Classic. Those have like a proprietary port. The the um the controllers for the PlayStation Classic are just USB controllers. So 
I could essentially be playing those on my PC as well if I wanted to. And I think that that's an important point to keep in mind uh, as far as the price goes. But I do, I do think that when you look at the pricing structure of the NES Classic and then the Super NES Classic, I feel like the Super NES Classic probably hit the maximum that most people are willing to pay for one of those things. And Sony just kind of, you know, they plotted the points on the graph and drew the line and they extrapolated that 120 was probably the right price. So I think that they may have made a mistake there, but I, I don't know that it's a huge mistake because if Nintendo ever brings out an N64 classic, I'll bet that they'll come out at about 120. I think it kind of makes sense, but at the same time, I don't know. It's a little iffy. I'm, I'm, I'm of two minds on the price as being an issue here. Um, the, the other thing that was within Sony's control and they kind of dropped the ball on was just the emulation quality. And I'm not speaking from firsthand knowledge because I don't have a PlayStation classic yet. I'm waiting for the price to get lower just because I've heard so many bad things about it. I don't want to dump a bunch of money on it only to be disappointed later. Um, but by all accounts, the emulation, the UI, just everything about the, the PlayStation classic outside of the hardware and the games themselves is just kind of subpar. And when you compare that with how awesome the Nintendo, the NES classic and the super Nintendo classic were, I, I just feel like it's it, it, they're out of the they're out of the league. Uh they're playing in a different ballpark. They are they're playing in a stadium on some other planet someplace from what I've heard. Again, no first-hand knowledge here, but that's just what I what I have uh heard. Let's talk about the things that are outside of Sony's control. And this this is stuff that's it's not Sony's fault that this stuff happened. And I think that game selection is part of it. Sony can only put games on there that they have the license to do. And if the publishers don't want to give them the license, then Sony can't put them on the console. So they were limited to 20 games. And when I look at the list... Sure, there's a couple of big hitters on there. But at the same time, there's a few games that I'm like, well, what is that? I've never heard of it. How come it doesn't have this game? And it, it's kind of the same thing that we saw with the NES Classic and the Super Nintendo Classic. There's there's holes in the library of a certain shape. And when people look at that, they say, I don't want to buy this because it doesn't have X or because it doesn't have Y. And why in the hell does it have this other Z game, for crying out loud? I mean, it's very important to get the game selection right with something like this. And I think a lot of the games that were on the PlayStation Classic, they just, they weren't games that a lot of people had a lot of nostalgia for. I mean, there were some heavy hitters, don't get me wrong. We had Final Fantasy VII on there, for crying out loud. We had um, Metal Gear Solid. 
I'm tempted to buy one just for Metal Gear Solid because I never played it and I've heard amazing things about it. I mean, this is a character who has stood the test of time, uh, Mr. Snake Man. And I feel like I've missed out on part of gaming's history because I haven't played the Metal Gear games. The other part that is 100% outside of Sony's control here is the graphics type that goes with the PlayStation. The original PlayStation was basically the forerunner for all 3D stuff, really. I mean, sure, we saw some 3D stuff prior to the PlayStation, but PlayStation was very much a 3D system. It was a system that focused on 3D games, not 2D games. And the problem with that is not that 3D games are inherently bad or anything like that, but they don't scale well. When you take uh, an old pixel art, sprite-based 2D game, and you increase the resolution, the only thing that happens is that the pixels get a little bit bigger, and overall, it still looks pretty good. When you take a 3D game, and especially the first generation of 3D games, and you blow that up really big, you know, from an old 240p resolution up to 1080p resolution, when you blow it up like that, it's just going to look like garbage. It's not going to look very good unless you do a lot of work to clean up the textures and increase the quality and, I don't know, maybe add some anti-aliasing in there, but then it's not emulating, it's not classic anymore. That's like putting um putting an MP3 stereo in a 60 seven Mustang convertible like that doesn't really make any sense it it takes away the nostalgia of it you want to have that old eight track player in there I think so the PlayStation Classic it suffered for a lot of reasons that were Sony's fault it suffered for a lot of reasons that weren't Sony's fault and I'm just going to keep my eye on that price and when it hits a certain number and I don't know what the number is but when it hits a certain number I'm going to pull the trigger on it and I'm going to check it out and I'll, you know, I'll have more to say about it. But right now at the price, I mean, I think recently I saw it for $40, which is, I think it's probably a steal, but it like the price has just been falling so much that there's a part of my brain that says, hold off. It's going to get cheaper. Anyway, what do, what do you guys think of the, uh, of the PlayStation classic? Is it, is it getting too much hate? Let me know. Hey, Run Jump Stomp. So over the last several episodes of Switchcraft, I've noticed that you always say you're going to play Undertale and that your son really wants you to play it, but it's been like a month and a half now so when do you think you're gonna hop on the undertale bandwagon are you gonna stream it for us maybe even play it with your son uh a lot of us would love to see you play undertale so when's it gonna happen thanks oh undertale undertale 
it's been a lot longer than a month that I have been thinking of playing Undertale. Undertale has been something that I've heard about for a long time and just never got around to. And at this point, I don't know if I ever will. I just don't have time. Um, maybe after this contest is over. For those of you that don't know, I am currently... Uh, I'm currently part of America's Next Top Podcaster. It's this big, ridiculous reality show style podcasting contest podcast where it's me and 12 other people trying to be the last podcaster standing, I guess. And it's incredibly fun, but oh my God, what a time sink. Like it is really eating into any free time that I have. And I'm not complaining. Because I'm having a lot of fun and I'm making a lot of friends doing this. And uh, I, I would not give this up for anything because it's just so much fun. But it's sucking in all of my time. And, you know, I hope that I come out on top. I hope that I win. But that means that I hope that this is going to take a while. And that means that my my the time that i have to play a game like undertale is going to be limited i know that you can beat the game pr fairly quickly and i i the one thing that jumped out at me about your call was the fact that should i play it with my son i didn't know it was multiplayer like he never mentioned that um he he just always every once in a while he says hey dad have you played undertale yet and i always say no not yet i will someday i'll get around to it and then i usually say to him have you played uh, such and such a game yet. And, you know, so he's, he keeps trying to get me to play Undertale and I keep trying to get him to play anything but Fortnite. Uh, <laughs> but it doesn't seem to be working, uh, for either of us. Um, but you know, thank you so much for listening. And, uh, I'm going to try to play Undertale at some point. And if I do, I'll stream it, but it's going to be a while. It's definitely going to be a while. Uh, juggling Nintendo Switchcraft three days a week, uh, run, jump, stomp uh, every Friday, and then uh, recording a, a podcast to the specifications of Brian Ibbett uh, that's due uh, every Friday, and we find out about it on Monday, and then I have to record the, the judging part on Monday, and then uh, an interview, uh, usually on Tuesday and then coaching time on Wednesday. Plus we're in Taekwondo and it's just, it's bananas around here, but I'm not complaining. I'm having fun and I would not have it any other way. Uh, so Undertale's going to have to wait. Okay, real quick, I want your opinion. I want your opinion on Apex Legends. This is a game that came out of nowhere and already has like over 25 million players in one week. EA, who normally I despise, uh, they, do, they, they tend to do everything wrong, it seems. And... They did it right this time. I know that they aren't actually the ones that made the game. It was Respawn Entertainment that made the game. Uh, but EA did the right thing, and they kept their grubby little mitts off. All they did was publish, and I think that's fantastic. 
They just published the game and it is so good. Let's talk about Apex Legends. So if you don't know what it is, it's a battle royale. And I know what you're thinking. A lot of people are like, oh my God, another battle royale. Well, the thing about battle royale is let's actually replace that term with capture the flag. When capture the flag first came to shooters, all the other shooters started copying it and they started saying, okay, well, we better have a capture the flag mode too. And let's have a capture the flag in unreal. And let's have a capture the flag in quake and let's have a capture the flag in this and in, and, and in that. And that's just the way it goes with shooters. Once somebody finds a new game mode for a shooter that works, people emulate it. And I don't blame them. The battle Royale, um, game type, I guess, is what I would call it, is fantastic. Uh, you, you can play in short bursts. There's progression that doesn't last. Well, okay, there is progression that you, you progress your account forward by unlocking uh, skins and stuff, but it, it doesn't affect the people who are playing. So how do I explain what I'm trying to say here? So it, that means that if I play 60 hours of Battle Royale game A a week and you play three hours, when we play together, we're still on equal footing, skill outside, you know, outside of it. We're on equal footing because I my character doesn't progress. My account progresses just in cosmetics and things like that. That um, equal footing is incredibly important to the longevity of a game like this, of a player versus player kind of game. And I think that that's fantastic. Another thing that makes these games so amazing is that they're free. A lot of people can, can play them. And you can play them and never spend a dime and still have just as much fun as you would if you spent hundreds of dollars a week on these games. And you could. You could spend tons of money in these games to unlock cosmetic stuff, but it wouldn't make you more powerful. It wouldn't give you an unfair advantage, and it would still just be the same game. They've, they've found a business model that works in a way where people can just pay what they want for the game. And I love this idea. So now that we've kind of talked about the Battle Royale, oh, I guess I should talk about what a Battle Royale is in case anybody's been living under a rock. A Battle Royale game is basically like the Hunger Games. Uh, there are weapons hidden throughout the map. There are 100 people, or in the, in the case of Apex Legends, there's 60 people. And um, of those 60 people, you you jump out of a plane you go and look for a weapon, and then you try to be the last people alive. You know, that's that's just the way that these kind of games work, and they're really, really fun. The thing that makes Apex Legends different is it has, like, uh, heroes, and each of the heroes has different abilities which allow them to interact with the world or uh, interact in combat in a different way than others. And the game is built around squads. Now, 
as soon as I started playing this game, my first instinct was, oh man, there's no solo mode. I hate this. I don't want to play with other people. I just want to be a lone wolf and uh, hunt people down on my own. I think that that would be more fun. At least for me, I would think it would be more fun. However, once I understood how the ping system worked, my complete attitude about this game changed. The ping system, this is something that needs to be in every multiplayer game that is ever made ever from here on out. Alright? Just like there's a jump button in just about every game, there's going to need to be a button for the ping system in multiplayer games. The ping system allows you to look at anything in the game, hit a button, and then that button communicates ex almost exactly what you want to say to other players without you having to talk to them, which is great because most of the interactions that I have had online have been, oh God, I wish that person did not have a mic. I will mute them as quickly as possible. And... The ping system allows you to do this without communicating. It's, it allows you to communicate without communicating. It is fantastic. I can walk into a building, notice that, um, that there's an open chest in the, in the room where people would get weapons out, and that only happens if somebody else has be, been there. So I quickly uh, hold on a button, move my joystick a little bit to the left, and it tells my, the rest of my um, teammates, hey, somebody's been here, be careful because they might still be around. There's also these specific callouts that your character makes throughout the game that lets you know of mechanics of the game that are happening. I think this is a fantastic way to teach people how to play. So for instance, in Battle Royale games, there tends to be a circle. And if you're inside the circle, you're safe. And if you're outside the circle, then your health starts to drop and you end up dying. My character, as I'm playing, will say something like, oh, we have 30 seconds until the circle starts closing. Or, hey, we're really spread out on the map. Let's get together. And hiding that, that tutorial, as a line that my character says is awesome. Because it lets me know that, hey, I'm probably doing the wrong thing. Or, hey, I'm doing the right thing. And it gives you that feedback without popping up a thing in your way. It's, it's incredibly subtle, and it's very, you could almost miss it if you weren't paying close enough attention, or maybe if you had like some music playing in the background, you might not hear it, but if you play it, if you keep playing the game, then you, you start to get these clues all the time. You don't have to constantly open up the map to see what's happening, because your character is going to tell you what's happening, and the reason that they can do that is because they're in a squad, and they're talking to the other players, the other squad mates, they're saying that. I don't think their other squad mates are hearing that. In fact, my other squad mates are probably hearing their character tell me things. But because I get to hear my character communicate strat strategic things that we should be doing to my squad mates, it teaches me the, the, the tactical stuff of the game, which is incredibly important and very transparent and cool at the same time, it doesn't get in the way, which I think is fantastic. So Apex Legends has that going for it. Now I want to talk about movement. Oh my god, this game is built for parkour. Like, 
there are characters who, if they're getting shot at, get a run speed boost and you become like the flash. It seems like you are running really, really fast and it feels so good when you are. There's another character who has a grappling hook. He can hook to anything that is close by him. And you can do these amazing moves with that. If you shoot the ground uh, out in front of you, and is at the moment the grappling hook hits the ground, if you jump and it starts to reel you in, you end up getting flung forward like Spider-Man would. You can hook to a building and look just a, a little bit off to the side, and that causes you to do this wide arc around. There's been a couple of times where I've had these amazing moments using um, Pathfinder. He's the robot with the grappling hook, where I know that uh, this enemy has my team pinned down on one side of the building, so I decide I'm going to flank them. And the way that I flank them is by grappling to the corner of the building on the opposite side and flying, uh, becoming a flying robot that spins around the building and then lands behind the enemy team to take them out. It's so fun, and not that's not all, because every character has this cool slide ability, which is just fantastic. You can... If you're running downhill, you hit a button and your character will just start to slide downhill and they'll keep building up this momentum. And it behaves exactly like you would imagine that it would. If you jump from that, you've got all this momentum. You'll jump really, really far. The movement in the game is incredibly addictive. And I would probably play a game that moved like this even if it weren't didn't have any shooting the the movement is just great you can even wall jump now not in the way that you think you can't run on walls but if you slide at a wall and then double jump you jump up against the wall and then jump again you will kick the wall basically and fly away from it pretty far this is really useful if somebody is uh if if there happens to be a wall nearby and you need to just confuse somebody like there's lots of times where I've run out of ammo because my shooting's not so good. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll just do a wall, a wall bounce and bounce off the wall in order to confuse the enemy. They, like Sometimes they'll try and follow me over the wall because they won't have realized that I've bounced off of it. Uh, I almost forgot about this. You can climb. All you do is when you jump up against a wall, if you just hold forward, you will your character will kind of clamor up uh not not infinitely but high enough that it becomes really really useful and the devs put a lot of care into spacing objects far enough away and close enough at the same time so that you the player can bounce between these things and move very very quickly if you're good at it and this is a game that has a very, very high skill ceiling. I, I don't, I'm not anywhere near that ceiling. I'm probably somewhere near the skill floor, but I still have an insanely fun time playing. The matches are really fast. Uh, usually it's 15 to 20 minutes for a match, and you constantly find yourself just running like crazy. Now, the game isn't perfect. There's definitely issues with it. My biggest issue with Apex Legends is the fact that it doesn't have a button for me to just go and turn off 
um, voice chat because I don't want to talk to people that I don't know. I don't want to talk to randoms. And whenever I join a group, and you have to play grouped, but whenever I join a group, I have to wait until everybody selects their team or, or their their uh, their legend. Everybody selects their legend, and then we get a loading screen, and then we get into the plane, and it's not until then that I can mute their mics. And it, inevitably, there's some idiot screaming expletives. Uh, so that's the kind of thing I prefer to avoid, and I don't really get that option because I have to wait so long before I can mute them. I wish that there was just a, de- uh, a, a way for me to say, guess what? I don't want any uh, voice chat unless it's from somebody who I'm in a in a pre-made group with who is like on my friends list or something. Because uh, then I would love to talk to people. So that's not an option. And I don't understand why they would build this amazing ping system and then force people to be on voice comms because the ping system does it's so good it could easily replace voice comms in nearly any multiplayer game um obviously not every but nearly any it's so good and it is one of the things that makes this game unbelievable so good god i talked about that for a really long time but there's a lot of reasons that i love apex legends and i hope you'll try it out if you have a ps4 an xbox one or a pc you owe it to yourself to try out this game because it's free Uh, So make sure that you check that out. And I would love to hear your thoughts on Apex Legends and what you think about it. Uh, I still have a couple of calls. I'm not going to include them in this week's. I'm going to roll those over to next week's, but keep those calls coming. Um, If you haven't already, download the Anchor app. It's free. And then once you download that Anchor app, you can go into uh, the search. You find my podcast. And after you favorite it, which you absolutely should do, After you favorite my podcast, you can then send me a voice message. Keep it less than a minute because it won't let you talk past that. Uh, But send me a voice message with your thoughts on video games. All right, I'm out of here. And uh, here comes the outro. That's it for this episode of Run, Jump, Stomp. Big thank you to everybody who sent in a question, a comment, or an idea. If you want to... Uh, be part of the show all you have to do is use the anchor app send your idea it doesn't have to be a question it can be about old games it can be about new games it can be about anything in the gaming industry tell me what you're excited about ask me questions what you want to know about let's talk about video games here on run jump stomp thank you again use that anchor app and be part of the show i'll see you all next time bye bye